What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Thomas Robertson, and this is episode 19 of Outside the Glass, Pure Sports Network's NHL podcast. Excited uh, to be with you on this Friday or whatever day you are listening. And we have a great slate of topics for you today. Uh, The Blue Jackets, that's right, the Columbus Blue Jackets are on a 10-game win streak. After they looked like they were out of it, we're going to talk about that. On today's episode, uh, what's wrong with Braden Holtby, former Vesna Trophy winning goaltender for the Washington Capitals? He has gone through a fair share of struggles that we are going to get into later in the show. And if the playoffs started today, what matchups would we be seeing? Who would be winning those matchups? And what would the playoff picture look like as a whole? We're going to get into that towards the end of the show as well. So stick around because uh, it's all great stories and, and, and great storylines in the NHL right now uh, that we're going to um, go ahead and continue to cover on today's show. We're going to jump right into the Blue Jackets uh, because they're making a lot of noise right now in the league with 10 wins in a row. We've seen a lot of impressive streaks this season, especially that uh, Bruins how I don't even remember how high they got up near 20 game point streak. Uh, Avalanche putting up a double-digit win streak earlier in the season as well. And now it's the Columbus Blue Jackets that are making the noise. They've won 10 in a row again. And, they again, they looked like they were out of it completely just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, heading into that critical portion of the season. And now they've inserted themselves in not only a playoff spot, but a top three spot. In the Metropolitan Division, uh, putting the Philadelphia Flyers down into that first wildcard spot in the East. And things have turned around fairly significantly for this Blue Jackets team. And, and it started with the offense. Because heading into this impressive win streak, they scored more than three goals in just 19 of the games prior to this win streak. Uh, so that's actually pretty pathetic in terms of uh, how high scoring the league has been this season and uh, the amount of goals we've been seeing to only score over three goals in three of 19 games over a 19 game stretch Uh, not what you want to see out of this Blue Jackets team but in this win streak they've turned it around completely they've scored over three goals in eight of the ten games in their win streak so it's all started with the offense in terms of just the immediate change uh, that you've seen in this team in terms of being able to win so many games in a row after not only they started off the season fantastically uh one of the best teams in that Metropolitan Division and every team in that Metropolitan Division looked like they were going to be uh a threat in the Eastern Conference, but uh, things thinned out, and that did uh, eventually happen to the Blue Jackets as well. Production slowed down significantly towards the middle of that season. They had injuries uh, to Cam Atkinson, uh, Brandon Dubinsky as well. Uh, So that slowed them down significantly. They They are pretty much fully healthy at this point, however, and... I've been able to turn things around, but it's not just health. It's just the fact that this team is finally doing the things that they are capable of doing. You know, Artemi Panarin, 
the leader on this offense in terms of being the most talented and the most versatile forward in this group has had a great season, but has not reached that superstar level that I think that he is capable of reaching. But over this 10-game streak has shown that he is certainly well on his way to becoming the man, uh, not only in Columbus, but one of those top guys in the Metropolitan Division, which is a division loaded with superstar talent. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, to name a few. Uh, but he is getting ready to jump into that conversation, I believe, as as one of the best players in the Metro. And 16 points during this win streak. So 16 points in his last 10 games. Uh, the bread man playing absolutely phenomenally. And... Uh, that's certainly played a large factor in terms of what this team's been able to do. Cam Atkinson signed that that fairly large contract earlier in the season, uh, made a lot of news. I believe it was around a $30 million deal. He's got 11 points in his last 10 as well in, the, in this win streak, and they need him to produce more as well. You know, he, he did miss a, you know, a good amount of time this season, but still not quite at 40 points yet even though he has played a fair amount of games. They need more production from him, and they're starting to get it. That's been huge as well. Uh, Defensemen are contributing on offense. Defenseman Seth Jones, nine points uh, in his last five games, so really starting to ramp up that production. And he's the second-leading scorer on this team as a defenseman. So he's not only getting it done on the offensive side of the puck right now, uh, the D are getting it done defensively as well. Uh, this team's held opponents to two goals or less in over half of their last 29 games. And that's been huge. You know, this win streak, they're putting up a lot of goals and kind of outscoring teams, but they've still been able to hunker down when they need to, when the game uh, demands it. And before this win streak, the, they were eking out pretty much all of their... When you look, you look back before this win streak to their last... 5 to 10 wins. Almost all of them are going to be a 2 to 1 victory or a or a 3 to 1 victory. That's how they were winning games before this win streak. So now that they've added that goal scoring flair uh, and threat, I think it makes this team fairly formidable. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. The interesting thing about this team is only one forward right now is above 40 points for them. That's Artemi Panarin. Uh, nearing 70 points, but he is the only forward in this group that's above even 40, which is shocking. 40 points is really not that uh, high of a number, especially where you know we're only eight or so games away from the end of the season, and 40 points is, is that's a secondary contributor on most teams. But uh, right now, their second highest scoring forward is at 39 points. Second highest scoring forward, I should say, if I didn't if I didn't say that the first time around, because Seth Jones has fifty points and is the second leading scorer on this team as a defenseman. So 
That is an interesting aspect about this team. However, they do have great scoring depth at 16 double-digit scores, and even more impressive is half of those are at 30 points or more. So they have a lot of, of forwards in that 30 to 40-point range, but none over 40 besides Panarin. But that is great depth. To have eight players on your roster above 30 points is uh, something that's going to be advantageous to them, I think, come playoff time in terms of having depth is critical in the way they're playing right now. Uh, I don't think anybody in the Eastern Conference wants to see this team. They're certainly the definition of getting hot at the right time. And uh, I got to give this team credit. Also, we know what they're capable of in terms of goaltending. Sergei Bobrovsky, one of the best goaltenders in the league. Uh, former Vesna Trophy winner as well. And, yeah, not a lot of holes on this team right now, uh, besides the fact that they don't have any... They have Panarin as well, but they don't have any super high-scoring forwards outside of Panarin. Out, <clears throat> no uh, go-to guy outside of the bread man uh, when things get tough, but that scoring depth is also going to really help in that aspect as well. Uh And Bobrovsky, uh, still a, a very solid, obviously more than solid goaltender and has proven that he can perform well in the playoffs. He had a, de- a pretty decent series last season, even though uh, they ended up taking an early exit. And speaking of former Vesna Trophy winning goaltenders, Braden Holtby has not had similar success to what the Blue Jackets are having right now. Going through uh, probably certainly the worst stretch in his NHL career posting career worsts in goals allowed or goals against average and save percentage by a large margin uh, he's at a 303 goals against right now his worst before that was 285 and that was also an outlier in terms of all his other seasons he's hovering around 24. Two five, uh, so very shocking and uh, pretty drastic increase there for him in terms of GAA and a nine oh six save percentage worst outside of that. Uh, it was nine fifteen, believe he had one season at nine eighteen. Every other season been above nine twenty, uh, so significant drop in that department as well, and. Hasn't gotten a whole lot better for him recently. Uh, posted below 900 save percentage in six of his last eight starts, including his last two, um, which is intriguing considering he's been he was given time to reset by uh, head coach Barry Trotz in Washington from March 6th to the March 16th, so kind of a 10-day break there uh, for Braden Holtby. And Holtby spoke very, very highly of that time that he got off, saying that uh, he was putting too much pressure on himself before he realized it during that break. He had never had a break like that in years, mid-season. Always been, you look back over the past few seasons, he's always been at the top uh, in games played for goaltenders, or at least top three. 
Uh, just plays so many games. So he spoke about how he's never really gotten that time off for, and it was really beneficial for him. But he came back from that break and allowed three goals in back-to-back starts, which is not awful, but nothing to write home about, that's for sure. And you kind of expected him to come back from that break after speaking so highly of it. Uh, and just in general, the caliber goalie that he is, he, he's one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, no doubt. So you expect him to come back from that break and really start uh, getting his game back together. But fairly mediocre start, a couple of starts after that break. Uh, and he's really been struggling with his rebound control. His glove has looked awful, which is the staple of his game. He honestly has one of the best gloves in all the NHL in terms of uh, the goaltenders in the league. So snappy. When it's up high, top cheddar, he's able to rip that glove up so quickly uh, and grab it. But his his glove just looks slower. Uh, He's even overplaying some pucks on the glove side and they ended up going under his arm. So he just doesn't have the timing down. He doesn't have the quickness. doesn't have the focus in net right now, it seems like, which is another staple of his game. Uh, you know, goaltenders are borderline psychopaths to begin with, but Braden Holtby in particular always has these weird, freaky pregame rituals. Uh, he has all of these different routines and habits. He always slams the the, the edges of the of the goal uh, with a stick pretty much after every break in the game. Uh, he does that little routine where he smacks the goal over his right shoulder, over his left shoulder, uh, continues to play with the stick in the weird psychopathic way that Braden Holby does, uh, exercises his eyes before every game in terms of just looking at the ice and moving back and forth, tracking different things, uh, and that's not really showing in his game right now, he's not tracking the puck very well at all, uh, he's looking slow. The focus just isn't there for him right now. And it's very concerning for 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 Capitals fans, myself included. And he just completely looks uncomfortable there in the goalie crease, which is is so surprising to say again, because this this man is one of the best goaltenders in the league, no doubt. But going through some struggles. We saw the same thing with Tukarask earlier in the season. He got a break and came back, so hopefully he can start to get things uh, going again right now. He does have... He, he suffered a collision in his last game with the Stars uh, and is dealing with a knee injury. Not too serious, though, from what I understand. He should be uh, available to play in the, in the upcoming days. It should just be day-to-day at this point. So hopefully he can recover from that and get back on the ice and start playing the the, the caliber goal uh, the caliber goaltending that we know Braden Holby is capable of doing. On the other hand, Philip Grubauer, uh, the the backup goalie in Washington, has been absolutely stellar in the crease. Uh, looks like what Braden Holby should be looking like. His positioning is incredible. Glove is is quick. Uh, and accurate with his catches. He is not letting out hardly any rebounds. He, he is sucking that puck up and not letting it uh, out of his control. And if he does, it's not a big, juicy rebound. He's keeping it close to him. Uh, and 
in his last 13 games, only posted below 900 save percentage one time. So, uh, in the biggest moment, when when the teams needed him most in terms of this really rough patch that Holtby is experiencing, he has stepped up in a huge way for this team. 229 goals against average on the season, 926 save percentage. So, incredible numbers for him. And right now, I think the most interesting thing about this situation, which a lot of people would probably argue me on, um, but everyone just expects, and I'm not saying the job, the starting job is not Braden Holtby's. He is the starter in Washington, no doubt about it. Next season, he will start the first game, and he will start the majority of games for Washington, as he should. But right now, it's not just a rough patch. It's really been the whole season that Holby has not been himself. And I think nothing's going to change that until he gets a full offseason to deal with that. That's my opinion. It's not a two-carass situation where he's coming off surgery uh, and is shaky the beginning of the season. And then gets a break and immediately his play changes. This has been a whole... It, there's no surgery or anything to trace it back to. To me, it's a mental thing. And it's been all season where he has not been himself. It's really peaking this past month or so. But he has not been playing his quality goaltending all season. He's shown flashes of it, obviously, because he just has that much talent. But the consistency hasn't been there. So... Yes, the job is his going forward, no doubt about it. There's not a goalie competition. But for the remainder of the season, I don't even think it's a competition. I think it's Grubauer's job right now. That's my opinion. I think most people are going to disagree with me and say, once Holby is available to play and feels good about his game, he should go back in there. But I don't necessarily feel the same way at all. I think Grubauer has been playing so well. And it's not out of nowhere either. Grubauer has been one of the best backup goalies in the league for years now. So, he has proven that he is capable. And he's playing the best hockey of his career right now. Even though he's still been playing incredibly for the past uh, couple of seasons. So, I truly think the Capitals should hand the torch to Philip Grubauer for the rest of the season. Uh, Certainly, Holtby is going to get a couple more chances. I hope he proves me wrong, but I don't see it happening for the remainder of this season. I expect him to come back next season and be a Vesna candidate goaltender, no doubt about it, because he's just that good, but he's just not right right now, and, and I don't know what it is. I think it's a lack of focus right now. Uh, he said himself he's putting too much pressure on himself, which is a mental thing, and that's going to really affect your focus as well. So... I don't know. You know, I I hope he's able to come back and and perform. But right now, I'm not seeing it. And the only hope for Holtby is that once playoffs come around, that will allow him to get his focus back where it needs to be. And that's just one game at a time, not putting too much pressure on yourself, just taking it one game at a time. And the playoffs might be able to do that for him, as he's been a fantastic. Fantastic people outside of the Capitals organization are out, out, not fans of the of the Washington Capitals. Might scoff at me for saying this because of the lack of success that the team has had. But he is one of the best playoff goaltenders in the league right now, top three, I would say, no doubt about it. 
when you look at the numbers, it's it's really no question. 59 starts in the playoffs and a 200 goals against average and a 932 save percentage. So he is lights out in the playoffs. And uh hopefully that that will that will that trend will continue this season if he is able to get a chance and get and get back to playing his game before the playoffs roll around i think if he doesn't show you any signs of improvement before the playoffs you got to go with grubauer but if he if he does get his game right hopefully or at least show signs of that then hopefully he can get back to the consistent hopefully we all know and love for the for playoff time and i think another thing last thing i want to say about this is i think that m- the absence, not necessarily the complete absence, but Mitch Korn, former goaltending coach for the for the Washington Capitals, stepped down from that position heading into this season. Uh, he moved from, from goalie coach to now he is director of goaltending, quote-unquote. So, much less involved in the day-to-day coaching of the goaltenders. Brayden Holby and uh, specifically more of kind of a front office guy surely still deals with them on the ice and at practice I'm sure he's still involved but not nearly as directly involved uh, and not traveling uh, as much with the team uh, which I think has definitely affected Braden Holby in a big way because Mitch Korn is uh, again one of the he is known as one of the best goaltending coaches in the in the entire NHL. So I think that that kind of lack of involvement from him has affected Braden Holby's game as well, but I truly think it's mostly a mental thing uh, and that he really he really just needs a significant amount of time to to get his mind right and get his game back to where uh we all know it can be. Uh and speaking of playoffs, playoff goaltending and um the Washington Capitals Right now, they're at the top of the Metropolitan Division. And if the playoffs started today, we would be seeing the Washington Capitals go up against the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, that matchup, to me, should scare all Capitals fans. I've been talking about the Flyers all season as kind of a dark horse team, very under the radar team uh, that is very dangerous in pretty much all aspects of the game. They're playing great hockey right now and they, they, they got up to top three in the Metropolitan Division before uh, the Blue Jackets just started going crazy and winning every single game. But this is a matchup that should scare Washington fans for sure. Flyers have have looked dangerous all season. We talk about that top line, or they've broken them up throughout the season, but those top three forwards for for Philly, Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, Jakub Voracek, uh, just an incredible trio. Uh, Total opposite of the Blue Jackets in terms of they have three guys that produce huge numbers. Uh, and the depth is not quite as much there, but those guys are, no one can shut them down. They're so dangerous. They put up so many points. 
Uh, they work so well together because Jakub Voracek is that guy that really um, distributes the puck and uh, doesn't have... In the past, he has had more of a mind for scoring goals, but this season does not seem to to have a mind for scoring as, well, as much as distributing to his teammates. And then Claude Giroux, you have that kind of versatile all-around, can do everything, uh, can score goals, get to the front of the net, can snipe, uh, and can pass the puck extremely well. And that's actually when you look at his game is kind of the first priority for him lately uh, is passing the puck, but definitely still has not lost that goal scoring knack. And then you got Sean Couturier, who's a pretty much a pure goal scorer. Uh, great shot, but really gets those dirty areas as well and uh, can collect rebounds, great hands uh, in tight, gets good deflections. He's a really a great goal scorer. And that trio which works so well together uh, if they're on the same line. If they're not on the same line, it still works out so well to have different types of threats for this top six forward group. So a very dangerous group there. Capitals defensive core. I think they are suited to deal with a team like this because they can put out... Uh, they have a great top four group in terms of uh, defensemen, but the depth is not quite as much there, so... Uh, I think they could match up with those guys okay, but uh, Philly has a great defensive core in and of itself. Ivan Provorov, um, Shane Gostaspear, uh, they, they've got a great group of, of defensemen there, so going to be a really interesting series uh, right there. Lightning Devils, one of the less intriguing series, I think, uh, that you're going to see if it pans out this way. Uh, watch out for the Florida Panthers because they are only one point back of the Devils and have a game in hand as well. Uh, I think they would provide a bigger challenge to this Lightning team as they have been playing more consistent and uh, uh, just playing better over this past 15-game stretch or so. And they just have, I know you know, Devils got Taylor Hall, but the Panthers have a trio of Vincent Trocek, Alexander Barkov, and Jonathan Huberdeau. Trio of young guys that really produce and are dangerous. Uh, the Lightning, just I mean, the Devils just too young right now. They're not ready to take on a team like the Lightning in a playoff series. I think they would get swept, no doubt, if it was Lightning Devils. I think the Panthers could put up a little bit more of a fight, but would definitely still lose the series. The Lightning are just so good in every aspect of the game. So... Lightning, I like the Lightning and the Lightning Devils, potential Lightning Devils series. Caps Flyers would be a very close, gritty series, I think. Uh, Going to see it go at least six games. I would I would call it seven-game series for the Caps there, uh, if that were to happen. Bruins-Leafs in the Atlantic Division would be, wow, what a series that would be. I think that would be uh, the must-watch series of this playoffs. Bruins so hot, so good. But the Maple Leafs have really uh, found their game as well this last month or so. Uh, two teams that know how to score as well. Uh, but really one more of a defensive-minded team uh, in the Boston Bruins uh, versus more of an offensive-minded team with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I think you see the Bruins come out on top in six games there. But what a series that would be. So entertaining uh, in terms of the Maple Leafs going to have so many young young guns that can really shoot and score the puck versus a really physical, 
uh, Bruins blue line, but as well as the talent of Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, uh, Charlie McAvoy coming uh, from the from the blue line as well for that offense would just be so fun to watch and a really interesting series. Uh, two great goaltenders as well, and Freddie Anderson, Tuka Rask. So really hope that one pans out in terms of uh, having the Bruins Leafs match up in the first round. That would be awesome. Penn's Blue Jackets, and again, talk about this Blue Jackets team a lot on the show. Uh, so hot. They've really hit their stride. Uh, but this Penguins team, probably going to prove to be too much again for this Blue Jackets team. But I think it would be a, a fun series. And I think the Blue Jackets put up more of a fight this time around. Uh, you're looking at probably a, a, probably a five or six. I don't think it's going seven. I would say five or six games. But, but pretty close in terms of competitiveness. But Penguins proved to be just too much there. On the Western side of things, uh, Preds would be taking on the Ducks at this point in time. And I think that would be a fantastic series to watch. Uh, a rematch uh, in terms of these two teams clashing in the postseason again. Ducks with that veteran talent leadership, but the Preds have just been so phenomenal this season in terms of they have, to me, without question, they have the best blue line in the entire NHL. Uh, so many guys that know how to get it done there in Nashville. P.K. Subban, um... That group just knows how to win games. They came in as an eight seed last season and still just had so much success. Um, we're able to get all the way to that Stanley Cup final, as we know. It didn't, didn't pan out. But they have that experience under their belt now, which is huge. Uh, and they just have so much depth, especially at the center position. Uh, in terms of forwards, just so many different guys that can uh, that can get it done for this team. Mike Fisher coming back, uh, providing that veteran veteran leadership. They got Nick Benino, Cali Yarncroc, uh, Kyle Turris, obviously a new acquisition for them. So really a lot of depth and guys that can play both sides of the puck at this center spot. They got Philip Forsberg providing that that versatile uh, and talented and skilled forward that can really produce for them. And then obviously, you know, you talk about uh, Pecorino just being one of the most impressive goaltenders in this league in terms of how long he's, he's been getting it done at a high level. And uh, if there's any goaltender you want to lean on in terms of when it comes down to this point, it's Pecorino. Had such a great playoff series last season and uh, following that up with just a fantastic regular season this year uh, UC Soros incredible backup as well so if anything if his if Pecorino's play declines or uh, his age starts to show any kind of injuries uh, they got UC Soros to, to be really one of the best backups in the league right now uh, and could easily fill in if need be so, so much uh, t- scout, talent and skill. You look at that blue line again, P.K. Subban, uh, Roman Yossi as well in that blue line, Matthias Ekholm, uh, just an incredible player. They have so many different guys there uh, and so much depth. So, 
I think the Predators uh, get past the Ducks, even though that's that's a team with a lot of experience and veteran leadership. Uh, they haven't quite put it together as well as I would have expected this season. That'll be a fun one, though. Golden Knights taking on the Avalanche, and man, oh man, is that a close second to one of the most intriguing playoff series outside of uh, Bruins and Leafs. I think Golden Knights Avalanche would be so fun. The Golden Knights have been one of the best teams in the in the league all season. But we haven't seen them uh, play a playoff game yet. And I think that everyone in the league is waiting to see that, or all fans of the league are waiting to see this Golden Knights team play in the playoffs. It's just going to be such a sight to watch, you know, first-year expansion team making it to the playoffs as a top seed in their division, no less. That's going to be so fun uh, to see and to see if they're able to have success. But it's just unfortunate for them they have to match up with this Avalanche team that when they have Nathan McKinnon, uh, over the past couple of months, this team with Nathan McKinnon has been one of the best in the league, or one of the best in the West at least. Uh, they went through a little bit of a rough patch without him when when uh, he was out with injury, but when they have Nathan McKinnon on this team, they are just so, so good, uh, especially on the offensive side with, with Miko Ronton and Nathan McKinnon. Uh, they got they have a fair amount of depth as well, uh, serviceable blue line, but really it's all about uh, Nathan McKinnon is the type of player who I think he should win MVP because he is the type of player where even though this team doesn't have uh, they ha- they're serviceable in all aspects but no, they don't really stand out anywhere except for the fact that they have Nathan McKinnon that is what makes this team a playoff team. Uh, and that is what makes his team a contender, uh, is one player. So that's why I think he's MVP. Nikita Kucherov, you take him off for the Lightning, they're still easily a playoff team uh, and are still so, so good in so many different aspects. Um, but Nathan McKinnon is what uh, is what does it for the Avalanche. Uh, he is pretty much the sole reason they are where they are. And he could truly take down single-handedly this Golden Knights team. And this is one of the series I'm going to go with kind of a bigger upset and go with uh, go with the Avalanche over the Golden Knights. As, as much as it pains me to say it, as much as I want to see this Golden Knights team have postseason success, uh, and I think they are built for it, but I just think, wow, Nathan McKinnon is so good. And this Golden Knights team just never been there. I think they've been playing without pressure all season. Uh, because they weren't expected to do anything, but now the expectations are high for the playoffs, and I think they're just going to start to feel it themselves. Like, wow, we're finally here in the playoffs, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it crumble down a little bit. Uh, And then going up against Nathan McKinnon is just a really tall task. So, kind of like the Avalanche in that one in seven. Um, Jets wild. This is also, along with Lightning Devils, kind of one of the less intriguing series to me. I think the Jets are just so, so good on offense. Uh, got Connor Hellebuck and Nett. Great blue line as well. Uh, and really one of my favorites in this Western Conference. Uh, I think Jets Wilds kind of... It's, it's, the Wilds have been playing well. Zach Parise is hot. Uh, they got Granlin for them has been playing incredibly. Uh, got a very serviceable blue line with Ryan Suter. Devin Dubnik, great goaltender, but I just think the Jets proved to be too much, and 
this is going to be a, a sweep or maybe a five-game uh, series, four to one for the Jets. Sharks Kings classic West Coast matchup right now. Uh, going to be a really gritty series. I think with the acquisition of Evander Kane has really pushed the San Jose team to the next level. They were a team that really just relied solely on their defense and their physical play. Uh, Martin Jones has been an incredible goaltender for them as well. Really one of the most underrated players in the league. But having that extra scoring punch with Evander Kane is going to really do it for this team, I think. And really, they have a great shot to make a run at the Western Conference Finals and uh, see what they can do there. So, now they have that extra offensive punch. They're one of the best blue lines in the league as well, no doubt about it. So... It's going to be really physical. You know, this Kings team loves to play a physical game as well. They have a great blue line led by Drew Doughty. Um, I think the Sharks just proved to be too much in terms of their offense. Pretty evenly matched teams in terms of uh, defense and goaltending because Martin Jones, like I'm telling you, he can match up with Jonathan Quick no problem. Uh, He's been that good. But the offense is what makes the difference in this game in terms of being able to actually put pucks in the net. Uh and I think the Sharks are able to do that and move past this Kings team in a seven-game series. So, going to move on to recaps before we uh, touch on previews and end up the show. Had uh, a few games uh, across the league last night. A uh, couple of... Interesting... A uh, couple of good matchups... So, we will recap those for you. Um, pretty large slate of games. We're going to touch on them all. Capitals get a 1-0 victory over the Red Wings. Uh, huge for the Capitals to get that victory. Uh, definitely have not sealed that top spot in the Metro, but well on their way with, uh, with a win over the Red Wings. A win they really needed to get. This Red Wings team has not been good at all over the last uh, couple of weeks. They've been horrendous. So they needed that win. one nothing win is not very convincing over one of the worst teams in the league right now. They also allowed 39 shots on goal. So uh, it's a victory. It's a troubling victory, but a victory nonetheless for the Capitals. Lightning 7-6 win over the Islanders. They were up 7-3, I think. The Islanders cut it to 7-6, but Lightning proved to be too much. Uh, Rangers fall to the Flyers 4-3 to big win for the Flyers uh, in terms of trying to get uh, that, that, that third spot in the Metro and uh, uh, avoid matching up against the Capitals uh, as a wild card team so who knows they, they probably want to see the Capitals instead of the Penguins honestly if, if you really think about it uh, Penguins so good in the playoffs uh and I've really been just as good as the Capitals, probably even better for the second half of the season. So, who knows? They're 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 going to compete. They're going to try to win games. But maybe think about dropping a couple of Philadelphia if you want to if you want to face the the Capitals instead of the Penguins. Hurricanes get a six five win over the Coyotes. Coyotes have been playing pretty great hockey, uh, or, or pretty good, I should say. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but. Played pretty good hockey over this last little bit. Not able to uh, muster out a win against the Hurricanes, though. Blue Jackets shut out the Panthers. Talked talked quite quite a good bit about the Blue Jackets. Probably enough for one show. Uh, but the Panthers, 
those that top trio of guys get stymied, uh, gets shut out. Uh, huge loss. They really needed that win to to put themselves in that wild card position right now. But they still have a game in hand to try to to try to surpass the uh, the the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Oilers six two win over the Senators. Who cares about those teams? Am I right? Uh, Maple Leafs five two win over the Preds. Uh, very convincing uh, and impressive win for this Maple Leafs team. Kind of sending a message. To the Boston Bruins saying, hey, we're going to compete with you even though you're one of the best teams in the league right now. We just demolished probably the best team in the league right now. 5-2, kind of dismantled them. So that offense is capable of great things. When they put up five goals, uh, watch out. And they can do it pretty easily. They, they just have so much talent there. Canucks, again, another one of the worst teams in the league right now. But they get a 5-2 win over the Blackhawks. Wow. My have the mighty fallen. Blackhawks losing 5-2 to the Canucks. One of the most proud franchises in the league, especially over the past 6-7 years. And they just suffer an embarrassing loss to the Canucks. Uh, They need to rethink some things over the offseason. Kings get a 7-1 win of the Avalanche. Talked highly of the Avalanche just now, but that score really does not reflect it. Sharks get a 2-1 win over the Golden Knights. Nearly double them in shots. Uh, very entertaining, gritty game. Classic uh, West Coast tilt. A lot of physical, defensive-minded teams in the West. And you kind of see that there with that 2-1 victory for the Sharks in OT. Uh, Tomas Tatar, and that's a goal for the Golden Knights. That new acquisition proves to, to, to be beneficial there, but not quite able to get it done as Logan Couture puts it away. For the Sharks in overtime, Previews before I say goodbye to you all. Sabres host the Canadians tonight in Buffalo. Uh, why not? Give me the kids. Give me Buffalo. They've been doing. They've been winning a few games here and there over the past uh, couple of weeks. So I'll take them over the Canadians. Penguins hosting the Devils. Give me the Pens all day and the over as well in that contest. Blues Canucks. Uh, Canucks coming off a very convincing win, but they will not be fresh as they just played the other night. So coming off that back-to-back playing St. Louis, I like St. Louis in that one. Jets hosting the Ducks at home. I like Winnipeg at home. Uh, over-under is tough call in that one, but I think the Jets' pace is going to uh, ultimately uh, win out in this one, and it's going to be a high-scoring contest, Jets in the over. Stars host the Bruins. I like the Bruins on the road. Stars have not really been what they once were earlier in the season. They're starting to slow down pretty significantly. And I like Boston in that one. And that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for sticking around uh, and listening with me to the end. Uh, I had a great, uh, great time giving you the rundown. Had had some great topics to talk about. Uh, And we will hopefully see you next week for... The Big 2-0, episode 20, coming next week. Uh, check out the website. we got great content coming up every day at puresportsnetwork.com. Check out the Twitter, Pure Sports NHL. Uh, and I'm signing off. Again, I'm Thomas Robertson, your host for Outside the Glass. And have a good one, everybody.